time. It's this zany thing that ruins everything that you've ever loved. But it does. <laughs> Austin just joined. Is that Austin Wintery? It's the not. composer of Journey that we were just talking about? It's actually Austin Mullen, someone far less interesting. No, no he's way more interesting. <laughs> Austin's wonderful. He's way more interesting. <laughs> than... <laughs> no! <laughs> How you doing, Austin? Austin actually asked me some interesting questions Ooh. about like uh, charging and stuff. Charging? Oh, yes, of course. I, this is, you see, this is why. I said this once before when we started doing this live, but I'm just going to tell you once again, this is why we do it. Because now we can answer questions and not have to think of things to talk about. <laughs> I think this is a really good involvement here. So we, we were talking about like charging for sounds, and I, and I told Austin that we charge around like $30 per hour for our sounds. I don't even know where to start with this conversation, but I feel like charging for your sounds is a really important conversation point. And there's a lot of just like small intricacies that come with it. Like like e even something as small as... I'll tell you people right now, how do you tell someone you deserve to get paid? Um, that's what Austin says, here's a starter. How do you tell someone you deserve to get paid? Uh, um, give me money, says Ovejoy. And that's a really good place to start. Um. <laughs> Well, it depends on where that lands in the conversation, because if they've right. decided that you can do the work that they want based on the conversation you've had with them, that's when you decide what it's worth to you and what it's worth to them. Yeah. Because you don't, you don't walk into the door and say, money, because <laughs> this is not the Social Security office. Um. <laughs> Kai, Kai says that he, de he did five days of sound design for 25 pounds per hour. Roughly thirty dollars, eight hour days. That's that's pretty good, Kai. Good for you, man. Yeah, and I will say, um, there is a movement being pushed upon the sound design world to switch to flat rates. Yeah. Meaning, effectively, let's say you get a project that they've decided the budgeting is going to be about ten thousand dollars for f five months, for the ease of math, and you say, okay, then that's going to be two thousand dollars a month until the end of the project. And that's yeah. the flat rate. And then they know what it's going to be the same amount every month. And it's just going to be that. That way there's no questions on their end about how much is coming each time they need to start paying some bills. And then you can use that money to make it easier for you to do stuff. Like we have situations here where it's like, well, there's only two of us. And if we could pay these other two guys more, then we could get more done. But we can't because we're too busy yeah. doing other stuff. Yeah. And so didn't you end up kind of screwing yourself on contract work a lot of the time because it's like, well, I couldn't work on that contract again because I was too busy. So I didn't get paid for any of it. But if I got paid for it, I could have worked on it more because someone else could have done the stuff I was doing. I will doing. say as well, like, I think that, I think there's, while that is a movement that's happening, I don't think that everyone should do that. I think it's good, but like, I think that, hmm, I don't know. There's, there's two parts to it. I think that I think you have to set the short-term and a long-term expectation for people in terms of what's getting done. Um, and, hmm, yeah, setting a long, like, I, I think that when you're starting out, it's probably smarter to charge hourly so you can figure out exactly how long everything takes and, like, get an understanding for, like, what you're charging and how much money you can make. And then you have, like, a better reference point for when you decide to change to... Uh, the monthly yeah if you don't have anything style. if you have no references that might get kind of tough but at the same yeah. time they're the ones that budget how much they want to be able to give to the sound team and so it's like just depending and it's like all you're at that point all you're doing is just deciding how the money comes for you 
then it's only going to make sense and be easier for both parties to have something consistent. Um, okay, so two things that Kai said. Kai said, first off, uh, that's the most I've been paid, the 25 pounds per hour. Being paid higher than usual led me to being much more dedicated to doing it, and I get a lot done. That is a very good point that a lot of people don't think about. It's like, yeah, you want to give them a good deal, and like you might be scared to like put up your rates or whatever, but ultimately... You're gonna get your you're you're gonna make a lot better stuff when you charge higher. Absolutely, but that's an but and you can fix you can work that into the conversation on budgeting too. Like you can be in a situation where a developer just picks a number because they don't know anything about sound, and so they're like, oh, well, we were thinking five grand for the sound, and you're like, well, you have this many assets, and this kind of goes back a little bit too, where you've already sort of decided what your value is in terms of how much time it's going to take you to do XYZ and how much you pay per hour. And you kind of work that into the conversation if you want to start having one about overall budget. But if it's like, well, I know you've got 700 assets just on the page and even hourly, that's going to end up being $10,000 instead. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and, and that's where like contracts come into play. Cause like mm -hmm. we, yeah. Kevin, when Kevin Regami from power up came on, he brought up the point of, you you set the expectations in a contract mm -hmm. and then you add something in the contract that revisits the terms of the contract of how much would get done and how much is being paid and the revisit is to determine if it's still the same as it was to begin with because most mm -hmm. of the time it's not and then from there they say okay let's let's give you more money then or give less money because it, it, it's good for both parties because if it's less if it's less work than it was then it's like okay well we can we can charge less now or something like that. Or it's just it's just fair all around to protect yeah. both both sides. An interesting part of that too, I was thinking the other day is like, if you get added onto a project that is typical to last over a couple of years, if you spend all your time doing sound for that, you'll probably be a damn sight better at sound design when you finished than when you started. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of redoing sounds. And you may end up being able to renegotiate a contract some at some point in the middle where it's like, well, I'm making things twice as fast as I used to. Let's change how this is played out. Yeah. Tra sure. uh, Austin said, Travis and I were chatting last night a lot, and he mentioned how if someone's not willing to pay you the decent rate, then, they probably, then they're probably a crappy person to work for anyway, so run away. Yeah. There is a truth to that, but I also wonder how you would apply something like that to a situation where they just don't have the budget for something like that. If it's like, well, we want you to do this, but we just don't have any money what's the situation there not willing he says okay so that that is the ultimate piece of the pie there where it's like they've got the money and they don't want to pay you then you're right then that's just somebody looking for cheap labor that they can exploit which is probably a thing that happens and, and i would say if i first off i just want to say there's nothing wrong with working for free when you're starting off like i i encourage it in fact and I think that a lot of people would love the opportunity to work on games for free to get experience because that's that's hard enough as it is. And Austin just said, I have worked for people with no money because none of us had money and it was great. And that's and it does go back to one of the ultimate pieces of information. This entire industry is like if you're good to work with, that matters more than almost anything else. Yeah. And now now that Austin, I mean, I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm, I'm betting because Austin worked with those people and they liked him. They're probably gonna. They probably think he's worth paying for at this point. Mm -hmm. Especially um, if, like, if you were both kind of starting out in the industry, and it's like you both make a game, and it's their first game, and it's your first game, and so nobody's doing anything for any money, but they keep at it, and you keep at it. And now they're making real games with real money, and they go back to you 
right away because you worked with them once before. Um, I want to go back to another question that Austin said at the beginning. He said, here's a starter. How do you tell someone you deserve to get paid? Tell them what you do. Like, tell them everything that you do. Tell them that you record from scratch. Tell them that you uh, have costs for libraries that you have to pay for. You tell them that you design all of the sounds and it takes however many hours per sounds to create. Tell them that you mix the sounds. Tell them you know how to program. Tell them that you understand source control. Tell them that you are very comfortable in Unity or Unreal. Whatever it is that you can, you can say that you work with. And also, being in person and like talking with these people, they get to see how awesome you are. And that alone is going to be <laughs> like a, a selling point. Well, even as a, as a, a base for all of that too, I feel like the ultimate, like the, the ground level question that's actually being asked is like, how do you bring into yourself the idea that you, that anything you do is worth something to somebody else? And because it can be tough when you're starting out in something, you don't have a lot of confidence in what you do. Everybody's better than you. How can I, how can I possibly stand to tell someone to give me real life money for me? I don't know anything about this. Yeah. It's an, it, it's an important part of separating worth from value oh, because man. you can hate yourself and still recognize that what you do is at least on par with anybody else who does it. And so a way to kind of split those apart is to just pick a couple of different designers, listen to their stuff, decide how it compares to what you've done, and then say, what do you charge for your work? And then that might give you a decent base to say, all right, well, I know that this stuff is probably worth at least $20 an oh, hour, yeah. even though I can't stand to look at myself I, in the mirror. That, <laughs> honestly, knowing other people and under knowing what their rates are and having a reference point to jump off of helps so much. Like, Yeah, we don't have you don't have to do any of this in a vacuum. It's usually preferred that you don't because it's all based on you know, the subjectivity of value anyway. So it's all about finding rates for comparable work. And then you can probably push for a little bit higher if you think that you might be easier to work with than yeah, someone else. For sure. And that, what, what, would, what did you say again? It was value versus... Separating your value from your worth. Yeah. I, I Man, that, that stuff is so interesting. Like thinking them as different. It's... Yeah, because like the way that my therapist described it to me several times is like, a doctor has value to somebody who needs a doctor but has absolutely no value to someone who needs a racing driver. That does not mean that he has no worth as a person. Right. And that kind of helps with the separation there because value is a very intrinsically like youth and money value, you know, based thing. And worth is just consistent across all people. Yeah. Kai Jones says, after working for free at the start, that experience led me to understanding how much I'm worth because I gained a lot of understanding of how to compose or make sounds for games compared to films. Dude, that's, I have to say, like, if you've never done sounds for a game, do five games for free. And make sure they're small games, too. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, do... Like, even game jams. Uh, game, game jams are amazing because you, you, it's a small time frame and you just force yourself to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. What do you do in a game jam when you just don't get something done like well our game jam's over and we don't have the finished product yeah i i mean it doesn't i guess overall it doesn't count in the long run because it's just a game jam it's not like a competition or <laughs> uh, <laughs> whatever else but i worry about that sometimes yeah it's i mean game jams are just it, sometimes it doesn't work out and it's sometimes <laughs> things just don't happen it's it sucks but it, and it's hard but yeah then you trash it and move on says austin yeah must be 
Or, I mean, I suppose there have been plenty of things like for classes I've done, uh, not game related, but like writing classes where it's like you need to, you know, write something in with this topic and includes these five things and it needs to be 1500 words. And then you do it. Like I had one that I had was moving real nice, had a good roll going, and then I hit my word limit and I had to just like, just like, eh, and then this happened in the end. And it was like, that sucks. Yeah. But then after I finished it, I was like, there's some meat left in this story. And then you just go back and finish the story and without the limitation. And so it's like, you did the game jam to get the thing started. The ball's officially rolling. You may not have finished it, but now you still can on your own time. Yeah. And that might be helpful too. And, and also it's, I like to look at things as like, I, I mean, you can get that as feedback too of like, okay, this thing that I did worked. I was able to get on a game jam. I was able to make some sounds, not the best, but I made sounds. And that's a certain level of progress that you have made to achieving a long-term goal. Absolutely. I think that the, the toughest part about all of this is how people perceive you when they're when you're talking to them. That's that's one of the big things that I noticed as well is like, do I need this money? And am I okay with letting this deal go? That is one of the key things that I've learned as like to not be needy for the money. Oh, yes. That is so important for this whole thing. Because if you're needy for the money, then you're not all about giving. Whereas with free, mm -hmm. you're just creating and giving. And it's raw and there's no ulterior motives, I guess. Being able to separate yourself financially from like the creative side is just a very hard thing to do, I guess. Yeah. At least in terms of how you want to, how you want yourself to be perceived. Like it's, I don't know, Akash described it kind of like being in a relationship. Like if you start talking to somebody and then you're just super clingy and like, please, I need this. Yeah. It's like, that's the least attractive thing of all time. Correct. And it may be true, but then you just have to find out how to present yourself in a way that that's not the way it, it comes off. Yeah. And that's kind of the whole, that's like the ultimate game with it selling yourself to people is like, you want them to think that you're doing them a favor instead of the opposite. Yeah. A long time ago, I had there was one specific job interview that I did that was like the turning point for my job interview career, um, where it was like, I went into this place and I just was like, impress me. My resume is strong for this job. Give me a reason why I should work here instead of somewhere else. And I just viewed the whole thing that way. And I killed that. Like they practically, built me a house to, to work there. Uh, and I think that's more what I was touching on. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. not so much of how they're perceiving you, it's your mindset going into it. Right. You're like Almost like an abundance mindset, really. is. And the reality of it was, I needed that job. But but you're uh, just like how you, how you carry yourself. You mm -hmm. carry yourself really well there in that interview. Yeah. That, that, that's a really good story, man. That, that, that's a really good story. I didn't know about that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, that was that was a long time ago. That was some title place. Like, this was probably 12, 15 years ago. But it's like walking through the desert. And you're thirsty, and it's just nothing but sand in every direction. And you come across one little oasis with a tiny watering hole and a fruit tree. And then you just bury your face in the water and just climb the tree and just you ravage you just tear this whole thing apart trying to get out of it what you want because it's the only instance where this thing's ever happened but if you view the world as an as filled with opportunities for this thing that you need where it's like you go and you've got an entire forest in front of you now you can just stand around and pick which tree you want to pull fruit out of and none of it really matters that much yeah no that's true and so it's kind of yeah it's it's 
it has a lot to do with perception. Yeah, and that's... But finding a way to see, like, getting that perception is really tough. And it's like, there's a lot of stuff that's based in history, because it's like, a quote I've been thinking of a lot lately is, you can't be what you don't see. Mm -hmm. To just create a part of your life and to feel good about certain things out of whole cloth is extraordinarily difficult. Yeah. And so just putting yourself in positions where things that you think are going to go one way end up going a different one and having yeah. that happen over and over again, there's a really important piece of the puzzle involved there. So I don't, I don't envy anybody trying to do stuff because I have, I mean, I still do deal with stuff like that all the time, but just knowing that stuff helps a lot. Um, yeah, look at that. So yeah, Ovejoy said, are there any discord servers that do game jams weekly? And you posted a link for that that I will probably be interested in doing myself. It's um, it's not a, it's not for Discord servers, but it tells you when game jams start and end. So like, actually, like probably in a couple hours, there's two jams starting. Tomorrow there are two more starting. After that, actually no, there's more than two starting. IndieGameJams.com. Um, uh, yeah, and then there's there's one on Monday. There's another. There's actually two on Monday that are starting. Another one on Tuesday. Another one on Thursday. And all these are just like different jams that last different amounts of time. Love it. Um, and then also you can find their physical locations too with the game jam map on there. I, I think that like your mindset and how you view stuff is so important, man. Huge. Like just goal setting, for example, and sort of a plug here, but in the game audio training series, Mentors, uh, which you can go on blipsounds.com right now and subscribe for $85 a month. We go over, we do goal setting and we, we do every week, everybody has a task that they do to get towards their one month, uh, three month, six month, yearly and two year goals. And a lot of the two year goals are like, okay, work in a AAA studio or be full-time indie. I think it helps a lot to just like do that have a have a direction but also be able to like visualize yourself in that position while it takes a lot of work to get to that point and you have to have the skills to show for it having that vision and sticking to that vision for such a long time will make it come true i believe and obviously there's certain things that'll be thrown at you and it's, it's very hard to like get yourself to do certain things and you there are a lot of pieces to those puzzles that you're trying to find that will not show up I, I just I just had a revel revelation like a week ago that solved every problem that I've been having for the last year. And it is so frustrating to not know what that problem is, but you yeah. know there's something wrong. But I don't know, just having that goal in mind and just trying stuff and keeping note of it all, it it helps so much. Mm-hmm. Be persistent and stay at it. Yeah. Well, you know, the Game Audio Training Series exists for a reason. Likely because it's something that you wish that you had when you were dealing with all of the same things that it addresses. Goodness, yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and so right now it's just me doing the calls with everybody. Right. And yeah, it's just like it's just like five or six of us in each each call or something like that. And everybody just everybody's at different points. Like uh, Yuso is in there, and he's applying for AAA Studios. Well, Carl is like making some like laser sounds this week. It's really cool. Nice. But yeah, goal setting and persistence, and just like not giving up on the solution <laughs> to reach a certain goal. And speaking of you, so I saw his uh, his demo reel on Real Talk. That episode that you sent me, it was very good. Yeah, Yuso killed it. Yuso's really, really good. Well, look at this endorsement. If I didn't find this community, I probably wouldn't have kept exploring sound design. Ooh, you hear that? Says Ovejoy. Yes, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. I like hearing stuff like that. We don't get stuff like that very often. Doku 
sent something like that to us once. Who well, I haven't actually seen him around here very late, very much lately, but I also haven't been around here very much lately, so it could be my fault. Um, yeah, uh, and Austin says having three month, one year, and five year plans are so valuable because you can look at your life and see if you're actually headed there or not. And it's also very interesting to look back five years ago as well. After I set five years goals in uh, when I was 20, I'm 25 now, and I <laughs> I did not reach most of them. <laughs> <laughs> And it's crazy to like to look f at it five years ago and be like, I, like blip sounds wasn't even a goal for my for me, but now here we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, I'm 33 and I feel like I haven't accomplished hardly a damn thing in the uh, before the last two years. Yeah. Thir 24. Oh, I I'd, I'd kill somebody to be 24 again. <laughs> We're all old. I love it. How old are you, of Joy? I think he's. I, I'm gonna guess he's 21 gross i don't even know what that's like <laughs> i don't even remember <laughs> okay i'm not old <laughs> carl how old are you carl i love this this is my i have a weird fascination with this oh, my oh god. 43 my man oh i love it thank god there's still one person on earth older than i am <laughs> carl's killing it though hell yeah i gotta say this is great this is great yeah don't this is i promise if you keep asking these people in this community how old they are it's only gonna get worse <laughs> That is one thing that I have noticed um, <laughs> since I moved to since I moved to Seattle, especially from somewhere like the Midwest. That's very very old in terms of the people that live there, average age, all that mess. Like every single fucking friend I have is at least at least five years younger than me. I yeah. almost there's almost nobody I know that's my age, and it's kind of neat sometimes. But every once in a while, it's like I really want to say, "Hey, remember Shrinky Dinks?" and have somebody go, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah, it's. I don't know. I'm not at that point yet, I guess. I, I do run into people will come up to like our booth that we're hosting at like mm -hmm. as anywhere and like they'll be they'll be a killer sound designer and they'll be and I'm just like, How old are you? And they're like, Oh, I'm sixteen and I'm like Right. I'm just like you're doing sound design at sixteen years old. People don't even know what sound design is until they're fifty. Well, I had an interesting revelation recently about how, like, the biggest difference between old people and young people and the different things that they know how to do is simply when they were born. Because a thing happens regardless of the age that you are. Like, yeah. this year, iPhones came out, and it's like, ah, I was born in 1948, so now I'm a 90-year-old with a... That math doesn't work. With an iPhone. <laughs> and I happen to be five, and I still... Ha and I, now we both... Now it's young people know all this cool... Like, I, even within the last year, have thought to myself... I've gotten to a point where it's like, boy, I wish I could have been, had all of these things available to me in elementary school. Like, yeah. we barely had computers. We had, oh, good God, I sound so awful. I had, there was, <laughs> we had dot matrix printers and I got banned from the computer lab because I hit the print screen button on something I was typing up like 40 times waiting for it to do anything. And then it printed for six hours. And it's like, <laughs> that's so funny. It's like, <laughs> It's like how am I thousand years old? Like, <laughs> you said how many hours? <laughs> I it was a little bit of an exaggeration, but it printed all all day, and it just <laughs> that's exactly all day, what the this, sound is. I know. You think I don't know? I lived it. <laughs> okay, let's end this episode. I want to do one more. Are you good with that? I feel like we got a good thing get rolling right now. Yeah, that's fine. Cool guys. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, catch you next time. Okay, uh, I want to take a, like a two-minute break to get some pineapple and water. I'll be back. What? <laughs>
What a Florida person. What a Florida person. That's a hey, fit. listen, Austin. <laughs> those are fighting words. That's so funny. Well, you're in a place with citrus. You're in the citrus state. Oh, God, I gotta go eat my pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, Austin. <laughs> All right, I'll be back.